So about as clear as mud, Jesus says this, if you were blind, you would not be guilty of sin. But now that you claim you can see, your guilt remains. About a month ago, the Komar family went camping in Shenandoah, and the first full day we were there, we hiked this incredible trail, White Upper Oak Canyon Falls or something like that, found this really awesome natural water slide, cool lagoon to jump into. And I don't want to see any comments in the chat about the size of the splash, by the way. Okay, Quarantine 15 may be winning a battle, will not win the war, okay, just so you know. But anyways, that's not what this is about. Um, the point is, we had an amazing time, awesome, awesome time, except for the fact that it took us four hours longer than the ranger estimated, which is a big deal when you're hiking with young kids. But, you know, even that was okay. Like, nobody died, we survived. The real problem arose the following day when we were discussing hiking a different section of that same trail. There was some, how do you call, disagreement about where we should park and how we should access the trail. Uh, we had what you would say is a relationship under pressure because somebody didn't trust that I was seeing a map clearly. Because here's the deal. The instructions from the ranger were this. Park in the Hawksbill parking area. Hike the yellow blaze trails to a forest service road. Ignore the blue blaze trail and you'll be there. No problem. Well, what the ranger didn't tell us and what my map did not show was that there are two Hawksbill parking areas, both with yellow blazed trails to hike and blue blazed trails to ignore. So still not knowing that I was looking at an incomplete map, I was boldly advocating for a course of action that would have led us on a journey to being completely lost. Lord, thank you for Robin. Lord, bless Robin. Lord, help Robin. Look, here's the deal. I had a map, so I believed that I could see. I had a map, so I believed that I could boldly advocate a certain course of action. The problem was my map was incomplete. And when it came to certain important pieces of information that would have helped us navigate well, I couldn't see it because my map didn't show it. I was blind in a sense, though I believed I could see. And because I was unwilling to confess my blindness, because I was unwilling to admit my blindness, my guilt, according to Robin, remained. Look, Jesus said, look, if you were blind, you would not be guilty of sin. In other words, look, if, if, you, could, if you can stand here in front of me and just confess that you can't see so well, we can work with that. But because you're so adamantly hanging on to this belief that you can see just fine and just clearly, your guilt remains. Because here's the deal. We all have maps that we use to navigate life. Maps that we use to, to navigate conversations and relationships, make decisions and pass judgments. And these maps that we use are, are built, are formed like mostly according to our experience. Behavioral scientists describe our brains and how we learn and this map making ability kind of like what it, what it looks like to hike through a virgin forest. Um, you know, the more certain pathways are, are traveled, the more solidified those pathways become. And over time, as different routes are retraced and retraced, a trail system forms and you have this map for navigating life. 
you, you, you're learning an instrument and your fingers like slowly creep through the forest of this new skill for the first time, agonizingly deliberate step by step. But over time, after those trails have been tra- retraced and retraced and retraced, instinctually, like the paths on your map are clear and your fingers can just run down the, the, the trails um, that have been formed. Uh, your dad jumps up angrily every time you spill a glass at the table and you learn that spilling a glass is something to be angry about and your map begins to show you that that spilling a glass is something to be ashamed of. Your, your parents, whenever you were doing something annoying as a kid, your parents yelled at you to stop and and now, and you typically did stop because you don't like getting yelled at. But now your map tells you that whenever your kids are doing something annoying, you should yell at them. You, you went, you've had multiple awful experiences on dates and, and your map begins to tell you that men are such and such or so and so. And you begin to, and it begins to inform the way that you approach future dates and relationships. Well, you get the point, which is we all have maps that we use to navigate life. And, and those maps are built mostly according to our experiences. And in reality, this map making ability, this, it is a gift from God that, that can protect us and help us live well, but it can also be very problematic. Let's see, the, the old adage is it's hard to teach an old dog new tricks because we get to a certain point in our lives and we feel like, well, our maps are developed and our maps are formed and we can see clearly. And then when there's stuff that's not on the map that is in reality, if we can't see it, you know, we, it's, it's not on our maps. Not if we, if it's not on our maps, we can't see it. And it becomes more and more difficult to, uh, to change the map. Look, uh, in the Gospel of Mark, there is recorded this incredible conversation, uh, between people who are really having a hard time making sense of Jesus. Um, the, the pressure was building and they were just having an awful time understanding who he was. Um, and I just want to, I want to read it for you. Um, it says this in, in Mark chapter six, some were saying about Jesus, John the Baptist has been raised from the dead and that is why miraculous powers are at work in him. But others said he is Elijah and still others claimed he is a prophet like one of the prophets of long ago. But when Herod heard this, he said, John whom I beheaded has been raised from the dead. Look, everyone here was having, it, they were trying very hard to locate Jesus on their current map of reality. They were trying to understand Jesus according to their past experiences. They're like, yeah, yeah the, the, the prophets used to talk like this and act like this. Jesus must be one of those. Or John the Baptist, he, he said things like this and, and he was out there. Jesus is out there. He must, he must be just John the Baptist raised from the dead. And they were, so in a way they were blind they were unable to see Jesus for who Jesus actually was because they felt so strongly that their maps were full and complete and they didn't see anything like Jesus on their maps. And so they were blind to who Jesus actually was. And the pressure just built and built and built. So this, this message is titled Grace under pressure, because at the end of the day, uh, it's all about relationships. It's about how we relate to God and how we relate to others. And Jesus says this, he says that when it comes to relationships, we have our best time when we can admit that we can't always see so well, that we, we humbly confess that we are blind in certain ways. When we do that, when we're able to do that, grace is extended in relationships and offenses are often excused. 
But Jesus also says that we run into most of our trouble when we hang on to the idea that we see clearly and even more clearly than anybody, than anybody else. So, so to put it simply, like if we want to increase pressure in our relationships, we hang on to the belief that our map is full and complete and we continue to navigate life accordingly. If we want to reduce pressure in our relationships, we acknowledge that we can't see all that clearly, that our map is incomplete and sometimes incorrect. We're humble and we listen. We're open. Even more, like if we want to increase pressure in our relationships, we judge people harshly for navigating life according to a map that has been built largely on experience, forgetting that, that quite possibly there are things they just can't see because their map doesn't show it. They haven't experienced it yet. And oppositely, look, if we want to reduce pressure in our relationships, we extend grace remembering that we're all using maps that are built largely on our experiences and are therefore, and therefore as a result, like none of us have full and complete maps. My flawed and incomplete map was influenced heavily by my parents who were navigating life and raising me according to maps that were flawed and incomplete. And they were raised by parents who were navigating life and raising them according to maps that were also flawed and incomplete. And their parents, the grandparents of the grandparents, were you so and so on and so forth. And you get the idea. You get a sense for kind of the mess that we're in and a sense for why there can be so much pressure on our relationships because we're all navigating life with different flawed and incomplete maps, which is a huge problem, which actually raises the question, okay, so what do we do? Who do we follow? Who's got the full and complete map? Who's got the flaw? Where is the flawless map and how can I access it? And this is actually where we arrive at one of the central claims of Christianity. And it's this, that that Jesus Christ lived life, navigated life with a full and complete map. The scripture says that Jesus was born not of natural descent nor of a husband's will. And then it goes on to say that he actually, he he came out of heaven, took on flesh and navigated life perfectly. He lived the life we were meant to live and he used the map we were meant to have. Jesus actually made this bold claim about himself along these lines. He said, I am the way. I am the truth. I am the life. I am the map, the full map, the complete map. And, and we would say that salvation comes to our souls and to our minds when, when we get to a place where we can say, you know what? I can't see Jack. Like, Lord, I'm blind. My map is flawed and incomplete. I'm laying my map down and I want to receive a new one from you. Jesus said, look, if, if you were blind, you would not be guilty of sin. But now that you claim you can see, your guilt remains. The message is grace under pressure. And if we want to reduce pressure in our relationships, we confess blindness because our maps are flawed and incomplete. We can't see all that clearly. If we want to reduce pressure in our relationships, we extend grace, remembering that there are things we all can't see because we, they're not on our maps and we haven't experienced yet. And here's the really cool thing. Prioritizing grace 
under pressure actually enables us to lovingly communicate truth under pressure. And this is really important because it's not just about acknowledging that we all have incomplete maps and extending grace. Because if we just leave it at that, we end up in a situation, in a place of, well, yeah, you do you and and I'll do me and it's okay, which we know that doesn't work. We're actually responsible to each other and accountable to each other going through life, navigating life. And so being able to communicate truth under pressure is really important um, because it's, it's unloving to send your brothers and sisters out into the wilderness with maps that you know are, are missing important pieces of information. Uh, so, so communicating truth under pressure is just as important as extending grace under pressure. And Jesus was actually the master at this. Whether it was through a, a story whose hero is a marginalized, outcasted Samaritan man, a paradigm map-changing story, or whether it was a paradigm-shifting map-changing uh, question about what you would actually do if your ox fell into a ditch on the Sabbath, or or a, a paradigm-shifting map-changing experience or where he's defending a woman who had become the target of a whole bunch of men who were holding stones. And how he navigated that. Look, Jesus was the master at extending grace under pressure and communicating truth under pressure. And the reality is this. If we forget about the grace piece and only go for the truth piece, the truth under pressure, when relationships are under pressure, the truth actually becomes weaponized and typically leads to shaming. Your map, you're an idiot because your map isn't seeing this. And and then defensiveness, like, no, but who are you to tell me my map is this and that and the other? And so, unfortunately, this is this is something that I'm still learning the hard way. Uh, recently, I was having this discussion with an old friend about unconscious bias. And there was pressure building on this conversation and, and pressure building on our relationship because... The truth is we all have unconscious bias, but my friend was, was adamant about the fact that he had no bias. There, he had no prejudice. And, and I was growing increasingly frustrated. And before I knew it, forgetting about grace, forgetting about that, you know, likely like unconscious bias is just not on his map yet because maybe he hasn't had experiences that exposed it. I found myself frustrated and just launching like loaded questions trying to catch him in like a gotcha moment where it's like when he answers a question, I could say, ah, you see that? Like, do you, do you, do you not hear the bias in the way that you just answered that question? And it's just really unfortunate because it was a missed opportunity. And, and if I had remembered grace under pressure, if I would have remembered that, look, I could, I could maybe take, I could have taken a page out of Jesus's playbook and shared with him a, a paradigm shifting map changing story, or I could have given him a peek at my map and told him a story about how I, I came to learn that, that I actually have lots of unconscious bias. Like I could have told him the story about the time. It happened right here at Grace, uh, at the Arlington campus at TJ Middle School. Black man pulls up on the curb in his car and I'm outside and he rolls down his window and says, hey, Pastor Matt, can you, uh, can you, can you run inside right there just inside the doors? My wife's there. Can you tell her that I'm outside waiting? And, and I run inside and I open the doors and there's two women there. There's a black woman and a white woman. And you can guess, and you can guess who I addressed because my map said that it was the black woman who was married to the black man. And, and you can imagine how silly I felt when it was the white woman who looked out the window and saw her husband's car waiting there. And how that was just one of many things that have happened to me, one of my experiences that have, have shown me that I have unconscious bias. But I didn't do that. I didn't share that story. I didn't extend grace. 
And it was a huge missed opportunity. Look, grace under pressure helps us lovingly communicate truth under pressure. And remembering that we're all in the same boat with flawed and incomplete maps uh, is a a really big deal. It paves the way to receiving truth under pressure and engaging map-changing experiences. So actually, two questions for you. Um, What kind of map-changing experiences are you engaged in right now? What kind of map-changing stories are you listening to right now? And maybe even even more, even beyond that, what kind of map-changing stories are you telling to others right now? I know for me, participating in the Be the Bridge discussion with our staff has been an incredible blessing. Being able to hear the experiences of others, look at the maps of others, and, and assimilate that onto my own. It's been really helpful. Look, Jesus says, it's your claim of clear sight that's getting in the way. It's your belief that your map is the map that's causing all the problems. So here's the bottom line this morning. And this is really what this message is all about. It's this, that true sight becomes available to those of us who can confess, Lord, I can't see Jack. Lord, I'm, I'm blind in certain ways. The, the, my map is incomplete and flawed and I need your help. I need your map and I need to bring my map before you and I need to adjust. And then after you pray that prayer, bring that map before Jesus and start and lay it down and evaluate every single trail on that map and, and ask yourselves, what, what trails are on my map that are not on Jesus's map? What trails are on my map that are constantly leading me in, down dead end roads and causing me trouble? Actually, John said it this way in his message last week. He said, you got to unlearn the things that don't work. And so actually, there's, a, there's some great questions you can ask if you really want to take this seriously and, and, and do the hard work of evaluating your map. Um, you know, you can ask some of these questions. Questions like, what values were communicated to me in my home growing up? What things were praised constantly and what what things were punished constantly? The really important question. What sayings or phrases were repeated over and over in the home I grew up in or in the communities where I spend time? What kind of marriage was modeled for me as a child? How did my parents or guardians talk about money and how has that influenced the way I think about money? And if you want to do something really scary, parents... Uh, find your kids, or if, if you don't have kids, find a best friend or uh, a spouse, but, but ask, ask your kids like, hey, like, what do you think is most important to me? What, do you, what are some things that you hear me saying over and over and over again? And brace yourself, because it's gonna give you really, really good information about how your map is formed and what's on it, and maybe what needs to be adjusted. So let's, I'll close with this story. Um, when I was growing up, one of the phrases that was repeated over and over in my house was, I hope it's the worst thing that ever happened to you. And the idea was, quit complaining, toughen up. You know, sometimes it was, I hope it's the worst thing that ever happens to you. And it was accompanied by this motion, which, which we knew to be the world's smallest violin playing a sad song for me. And, and that, was, that became part of my map. And in some ways, it served me well because I like to believe that I don't complain a lot, that I, that I take on difficult challenges. And so it served me well. But in some ways, uh, the fact that that trail is really stamped down on, on my map and how I navigate life, it causes me problems, especially as a parent. Last week, uh, I, was, I was walking to the car with Caleb and Kendall and Caleb was carrying this small cooler 
that had, that had in it a couple um, wet dish towels and some ice water. And it was for later, you know, if they needed to cool off, they could put the, the towel around their neck. And, and Caleb was about 10 feet behind me and he was just having an awful time. And, and all I could hear was, oh my gosh, like, oh, are you kidding me? Like, I hate this cooler, it's bruising my legs. And I just started to, you know, inside, my, my brain already started going down these, these trails that were stamped down so clearly. And so when we got in the car, instinctually, I got on his case. And I was like, Caleb, was that all, was it, was it really necessary? Was all that really necessary? Could you have spared us some of the drama? And I went down this whole road of like, your life is easy. Like, I hope this is the hardest thing that ever happens to you. And, you know, no surprise, it was not well received. It actually increased the pressure on our relationships. It increased the pressure on the car ride. And, you know, it's not surprising that Caleb actually spent the rest of the car ride being rude to his sister, like telling her that she was annoying him, like asking her to stop doing this or stop doing that. And, and it was just really awful. And later that evening, I was just kind of pondering this. I was wrestling with it because... These kind of pressure situations had become a pattern and it had become increasingly difficult. And I realized something. I realized at the end of the day, it's on me because Caleb was just using a map that I'm giving him. He's just modeling behavior that, or he's just, yeah, exhibiting behavior that I'm modeling for him. Because in that moment, what I, what I did was actually, I, I showed him what it looked like to demean somebody who was doing something that was bothering them. And that's really what was happening. And so I, I was wrestling with, and, and I don't know if maybe it's because I've been thinking about this stuff for this message, but I asked myself a really hard question. Okay, Lord, like, this is the, the trail that I took. This is the map that I followed. Well, what were my other options? What are some different trails I need on my map so I can navigate these situations differently? Lord, I have, I'm blind to it. And it was amazing, like literally the moment I confessed this blindness, like it just became very clear. Oh my goodness, I had all kinds of options. There are lots of other trails that, that need to be on my map. In that moment when Caleb was, was, was exhausting me with his, with his complaining, I had options. Like I could have walked back and helped him with the cooler. I could have walked back to him and said, hey, why don't you hold it on your arm like this and it'll, it'll be higher off your knee, right? Or, or I could have just given him a hand with the cooler. I could have shown kindness and modeled that behavior and, and, and done that, but I didn't. And, uh, and so later that evening, I called him into the kitchen and, um, and I just had this conversation with him and I apologized and I said, look, and we just talked about, you know, <laughs> how we're all works in progress and how, you know, I'm, I'm learning as I go and, and how, and how Jesus is a big part of this process, how he's helping transform my map. So uh, listen, the bottom line again, true sight becomes available to those of us who can confess, Lord, I can't see Jack. Lord, I need your help. My map is flawed. My map is incomplete. I need your map. We need to look at my map together and we need to evaluate what doesn't match with yours. Lord, I need help. And actually, look, if you're here this morning and that's resonating with you and you're thinking, yes, that's me. My map is flawed and incomplete. I need a new map. I need a flawless map. I need Jesus's map. You're actually making a decision to follow Jesus. And and actually just want to encourage you to do something really simple, but I think it's really important. Just go to the chat and click the button that says, I'm deciding to follow Jesus. And it's a small thing, but 
It's actually a powerful thing because it's, it's a way to express on the outside something that's happening on the inside. And it makes it seem that much more real. Because we really do need it. We need to bring our maps, our flawed and incomplete maps before the Lord and say, do what you can do. I need help. So um, Harrison and the band are gonna lead us in one more song. And then I'll come back and I'll, and I'll close the service with a, a special blessing, which is basically my prayer for everybody this week. And I'm really excited to share it with you. Um, but they're leading us in a song called Made Away. And it's a song about who Jesus is in, in the midst of, of all of this mess. And I think all of the lyrics are great, but I just want to read the chorus to you so you can lean in to the, as they sing this song. It, the chorus says this, Lord, you made a way when our backs were against the wall and it looked as if it was over, you made a way. And we're standing here only because you made a way. So enjoy, and uh, I'll see you in a few minutes for the closing prayer. Thanks for that. Uh, listen, if you're new here at Grace, I just want to say, I'm really, really glad you joined us today, and, and I hope that this morning's service was an encouragement to you. Um, and, and if you would want to know, if you want to hear more about our church, I'd love for you to stick around just after this final blessing and, and hear uh, in just a few minutes uh, a little bit more about grace. Back by popular demand, Pastor Anil is going to share his, his grace explanation because it was so awesome last week. Everybody said, bring it back. And so uh, we'll engage Pastor Anil again. Um, but regardless of whether or not you're new at Grace, I hope that this final, this final blessing, this final prayer um, reaches your heart and your mind because I'm, I'm praying it with sincerity. And I think it's really appropriate being that we're talking about navigating life with our maps and in this wilderness. So, so here, here's the blessing. Receive this. May the peace of the Lord Christ go with you wherever he may send you. May he guide you through the wilderness and protect you through the storm. May he bring you home rejoicing at the wonders he has shown you. May he bring you home rejoicing once again into our doors. Everybody have a great week.